1: Tracks. Let's
2: talk music. Yeah. Hi, it's Robbie from Chatting Tracks. I hope you're doing extremely well out there. I just wanted to say a massive thank you to you for your amazing support. All the streams, all the downloads, people are emailing me um, and just having a chat. There's a link in the description below um, to talk about music and I love that as well. And don't forget I've got the YouTube channel. So if you go to the YouTube link, which is in the bottom as well, you can watch the videos and I've got reaction videos on there as well. I'm just expanding out chatting tracks a little bit more. So if you fancy something different, check that out as well. It'd be brilliant. So the other week I was on uh, BBC Sounds with a guy called Leo and we spoke about music, um, AI, the state of music today artists and bands and all, all sorts of stuff music exactly what this channel is all about um, and this podcast is about and he's a lovely guy and I thought I was going to be on for like 5-10 minutes I was on for about half an hour and we were speaking a lot about music and the rise of AI in music as well so I just thought I'd share this episode um, as a thank you and a bonus or we want to call it because um, it was quite interesting we had a really really good chat um, thanks again for your support I'm going to keep turning out stuff and I hope you enjoy it just as much as I do because I love doing this so thank you again your support means the world to me and I'll see you on the next one I hope you enjoy the interview
1: and uh, for a couple of hours here uh, on BBC Upload We will attempt to give you as many forward journeys and get as many ears on your brilliant creative talent as we can. Let us start the show uh, by going to Kent, Faversham in Kent. We're going to find Robbie Burgess with a podcast called Chatting Tracks. He describes it, does Robbie, as a podcast where we chat with musicians and cover anything music. Uh, Join us as we discuss the latest trends, the history of music and everything in between. Uh, Our guests include musicians from all genres, so there's something for everyone very similar to Richard Latto's show Stereo Underground here uh, which is just wonderful I love I love music personally I'm a musician uh, and it really forms the soundtracks of our lives doesn't it we've all got those tracks That are just plot points in our existences Uh, And then if you look back at that as Robbie does You can find out the culture, uh, the history uh, What's going on politically When this music is made as well So that's what Chatting Tracks is all about Uh, Let's listen to one of the episodes now A quick five minute piece giving us a bit of a flavour Of what's on the Chatting Tracks Then we'll have a chat to Robbie about it as well And find out where he got all his influences and his ideas for doing it So here it is, Robbie Burgess from Favisham in Kent With Chatting Tracks Chatting tracks. Let's talk use
2: Hello, hello, it's Rob the Face Radio Burgess here from Chatting Tracks, the only podcast for music lovers, and also now a YouTube channel. I've gone on to YouTube. Man, I'm growing up. Anyway, I just thought I'd give you a flavour of some of the interviews I've been doing recently so you can check out what I've been up to. Don't forget you can get me at the website, www.chattingtracks.com. That's www.chattingtracks.com. So first up in this audio goodie bag, I've got the wonderful Chris Welsh, music journalist extraordinaire, and he was there at the start of the band Cream with Ginger Baker, Eric Clapton, and Jack Bruce. And one day Ginger Baker called him to tell him about a new
3: band they've just started, or nearly finished. Yeah, I've got to know Ginger because I thought he was a fantastic drummer, and I'd seen him play with Grand Bond, interviewed him for DMM. And one day he rang me up and said, I'm leaving Grand Bond, and I'm forming a, like a band. I said, "All oh, right, what is it? Three piece, and we've got Eric on guitar, and Jack on bass. Wow, wow, that's terrific. What are you going to call it? So it's going to be called Cream. And uh, he said, do you want to come down and see us rehearsing? So uh, I ran a short story about this new group being formed, supergroup, I called them, because they were pretty incredible. And all um, the managers rang up the next day, or well, when the paper came out and said, what are you talking about? They're all signed to us. You know, <laughs> Eric Clapton's playing with John Mayle, uh, Ginger Bakers with Graham Bond, and Jack Bruce's with Manfred Mann. And all the managers were furious because nobody bothered to tell them that their style players were leaving. So, anyway, Robert <laughs> Stickwith came on the scene, signed them up, and uh, he told me, "Don't worry about this." They were threatening to sue, actually, wow. threatening me and uh, printing all these lies. And he said, "No, it's all true," and he issued a press release. And I went down to see them playing their first rehearsal wow. in the funny old dusty hall. One, and they started playing. They didn't have much gear; just uh, uh, Ginger had about three drums, I think, just a heap of oh, an old drum kit in the corner. And they were wow. making mistakes. I remember Eric and uh, Jack saying, You made a mistake. You effed that up. And arguing already. That they'd only played three numbers. <laughs> the
2: legendary Chris Welsh, music journalist extraordinaire. Now coming up, we've got Chris Hughes, a fantastic producer who produced Tears for Fears, but was also a drummer in Adam Ant. And in this fantastic excerpt, he tells us how they created the classic track, Goody Two Shoes.
1: I'm proud of that track um, for a load of reasons, but one of the reasons is that we, we put a. Set of drums in the middle of um, the big studio, Abbey Road. You know, the downstairs orchestral studio. Number one. Number one. Yeah. And um, uh, I just uh, we set the drums up, and I just head down belted through. It sounds like a drum loop kind of thing, <laughs> but I just yeah. head down, just belted through that, and really liked it. I love the sound of it. I love doing it, and it was like wow you know sometimes you, you 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 do something in the studio and it it works out for reasons um slightly better or slightly bigger than you
2: imagine. The fabulous producer, Chris Hughes, he's been on so many records it'd be impossible to list them all on this short snippet. Now from one drummer to another, we go over to Lee Murray from the boy band in the 90s Let Loose and how they wrote their fantastic hit Crazy Feet. We you. used
4: to go around to Richie's house, he had a little flat in Bethnal Green and I used to drive down there it took me about an hour and a half and we were down there every day constantly sort of writing songs. He was the main writer but we'd all sort of chuck in ideas and try and come up with songs and, and actually Crazy for you um, we had a quite a turbulent relationship Richie and I we we'd had a row on this particular occasion I can't remember I was a bit oversensitive and I can't remember what he said but something upset me and I stormed off and he was writing the sort of intro and bits and pieces of crazy for you and he said I need help with this and I stormed off and went downstairs and sat with his mum eating baked beans on toast the course of
2: songwriting never runs smooth lee murray there from let loose and the writing of crazy few now to another 90s star mike edwards from jesus jones and he talks to me about songwriting and did he
3: find it easy or you sort of just doing covers and finding your way through uh yeah co- covers initially like everyone else and then you you, you start uh, uh writing your own stuff um which of course was absolutely appalling um <laughs> yeah I, I know there are some people and uh I think Jerry in the band has talked to Miles Hunt because Jerry played in the Wonder Stuff for for a short while to to help them out. And I think there's there's one of the songs off off The Wonder Stuff's first album that was, I think, maybe the first song Miles ever wrote. It was written when he was something like 16, you know. And it's obviously it's on their first album. It's a really good song, full of admiration, because, you know, I didn't write anything even halfway decent for the first 100 songs.
2: The wonderful Mike Edwards there from Jesus Jones. Thanks for joining me on this quick journey, and don't forget you can find me at www.chattingtracks.com, if not YouTube, Chatting Tracks, Twitter, Facebook, and all the usual faces and places. I'll see you soon. Ta-da! love it Robbie
1: Burgess from Faversham chatting tracks loves his music and I think we'll have a chat to Robbie himself about the podcast and music after new song from U2 Atomic City here on BBC Upload unpack from this song Atomic City by U2
0: their
1: latest single which number 11 and 10 in the UK singles downloads and sales respectively sounds a bit like Call Me by Blondie right who also did a song called Atomic Uh, so some of the writing credits have gone to Giorgio Moroder, who wrote Call Me also a bit of a tribute to The Clash as well Song itself is a reference to
0: City
1: reference To nuclear tourism That is a lot to unpack Good song, Atomic City by U2 here on BBC Upload On the latest edition of Stereo Underground from the BBC We've got gig stories, requests and alternative anthems like
3: these Give it
0: away, give it away
1: From the alternative music community who are downloading the programme by heading over to BBC Sounds and subscribing to Stereo Underground. BBC uploads. BBC, BBC, BBC uploads. Upload.
0: So earlier on, we had a.
1: Brilliant piece called Chatting Tracks, a podcast by Robbie Burgess in Faversham. Thoroughly talented is Robbie. Uh, we've had his own work. We've also had his brilliant production work on some of the audio drama shows. Uh, brilliant, brilliant dramatic and comedic pieces. Uh, knows his way around sound and absolutely delighted that he joins us now. Robbie, thanks for being with us. You're welcome, Leo. How are you? I'm all right, thank you very much, my friend. Um, I have loved seeing your work here on the show. Give us an overview of this. I mean, mean, music and podcasts go hand in hand, don't they really? But what interests you most, uh, and I love this, is about the history and the culture in which these tracks are born, aren't they? It, it, It is history. It is. I
4: mean, first and foremost, I started it because I love music. It starts yeah. literally from there. And I was really interested in bands and artists and how songs work and how bands are put together. But the, the whole genre of music is so interesting. So it originally started out as the 80s Me One Show podcast, but I diversified it because I realized I wanted to talk to more artists. Um, but for instance, I, I want to speak to sort of people that had hits in the 80s, but also people like Chris Welsh, who's a, um, a writer for Melody Maker. And he knew Bowie and Bowling and all these people. And he was there at the start of the British boom. And then on the opposite side of that, I could speak to someone like Simon Williams that runs Fierce Panda Records. And they signed Coldplay to their first deal and Key. Yeah. Um, and eventually the big labels come in and take these bands. But it's interesting to hear the start and, you know, what interested that record label in that band. And could they see a big going to be. A lot of times the answer is no, to be fair. Right. But it's, it's just the fact that it's, it's the stories before the fame sometimes are way more interesting than what happens afterwards
1: yeah I, it really really is interesting because we see this a lot at the moment the, the complete um i suppose monetization and the way that artists develop these days has completely changed um there's there are bedroom artists but what they will do these days is pop their music on spotify uh, go out and hope for the best so kind of the idea of sort of going out and playing and then being spotted that's done isn't it that doesn't happen anymore Uh, musicians have to be uh, they have to be managers they have to be promoters they have to be producers they have to be (laughs) have a whole entire jobs even to get on the radar don't they so um Mm -hmm. how have you noticed that's changed having spoken to a lot of these artists and um you know is it is it something we can get back do you think or is that where we are now
4: I think, it's, I think the record industry in the old days is pretty much done I, st- I think people do get spotted when they're out playing gigs but interestingly now mainly record companies will look at artists to see how many followers they've got yeah. So, it comes down to followers first and then the music second, which is a real shame because obviously you've got a lack of quality there because anybody can be famous for doing nothing now, pretty much.
1: <laughs> <That's>
4: so, <true. laughs> I know that's controversial to say, but no, it's, it's, true. it's very true. You don't have to do much to get a million views. So, it's, it's one of those sort of really strange dichotomies where when you speak to people in the old days, it's all about, you know, doing the gigs, being in a van, having no money, squatting in houses and stuff like that. And now, like you say, you can sit in a bedroom, get four million followers, release a song that isn't that great, and still be just as recognised. You know, there's no money in streaming, so there's no money to put into the artists where the record labels back in the day would back you. Don't get me wrong, sometimes there's problems there, but at least you know you had to back in the advertising and the support to get an artist where they needed to be, and to give them the
1: space to write great songs. So chatting tracks the podcast itself, uh, your love of music absolutely shines through. When did you really get into music, Robbie? Has it been something that's been with you since a child and all the way through?
4: Yeah, definitely. My my mum and dad divorced when I was a one so what happens is, you know like you have excess at the weekend, you go with, with one pair and I used to see my dad on mm. Saturdays and okay. Sundays and every time he picked me up, he was like, "He's a, a cassette, because my dad was a music addict as well, so he put a cassette in and it was always something new and interesting and it basically, it was, it was like every Friday he picked me up and it, there'd always be a new cassette, of,
3: right.
4: like some random band and they were, they were so exciting. <laughs> I remember the, the, it was always the Kink's Greatest Hits was the one I fell in love with first and second was Steely Dan's Greatest
1: Hits. Fantastic.
4: Yeah and it's and it just and it just grew from there and my first ever gig was um Spinal Tap at the Royal Albert in was, 1992. <laughs> was it really? It was, yeah. And um it just feed from there and I've you know I've just I've always got no money cuz I'm buying records and going to gigs you know it's like people yeah, that are addicted sure. to music would know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And yeah so the love of it has always started since I was a kid and I just I just love music. It's just an addiction. It's crazy and it's expensive. So children, if you listen, don't get into buying vinyl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, it goes on really from what we are saying about streaming. You can stream it, but there's something about the the ownership of music. that I think, like you said with your dad and the cassette and, and CDs back in the day, and vinyls, of course, now. There's something about being... A fan of a band, which means that you're sort of part of a club, aren't you? You can stream all you want, but if you're dedicating yeah. your money and your time to becoming a fan, you, you feel like part of something. It's quite tribal in many ways, isn't it? And I do think that's missing a little bit.
4: It is, yeah. I was talking to my friend about it recently. We were talking about um, football, and with football, you have two sides. You have you know the winning and the losing team. Whereas when you go to a music concert, hmm. you're all there for the same thing, or you or you don't go. Yeah. You're going to see a band you don't like so you're right when you're there it's a really tribal experience and everybody's there just to enjoy what they're doing and just have a break for two or three hours mm. and there's nothing better than when you know you're, you see a band and the band and the audience are interlocked all at the same time and there's a oh, synergy between the two of you uh,
1: yeah completely agree that was, Spinal Tap being your first ever gig's amazing I, I love the way that Spinal Tap managed to bridge that gap between being a film parody and actually being good musicians as well <laughs> <laughs> and
4: honestly the gig was really funny at the same time I I think you can find it on YouTube um, but it was, um, it was really funny it was one of those things where the film was live and there are fantastic musicians in real life as well yeah. and obviously um, Derek Smalls the bass player is Harry Shearer that was yes, Mr Burns so you sort of when he talks you go oh it's Mr Burns oh and it's uh, Derek Smalls but it was a fantastic gig
1: yeah, I love it. And that leads us on really nicely, actually, to the self-chatting track because uh, a lot of personality in music, you really love to speak to musicians, don't you? It started as, as the 80s podcast, uh, and yeah. to get an idea, I suppose, from them about where the music comes from, uh, what the landscape of music looks like now. You know, where, where is music's actual existence as well, given that we've got AI coming in? It's all about personalities. It's all about people, isn't it?
4: It is, yeah. It's very interesting. There's nothing better when you get an artist that leaves a mistake on a record as well like or oh, like yeah. laughing so I, I find there's, there's an, an awful lot of cleanness to music nowadays it's all done digitally so there's a lot of cleaning but when you get like, I mean even in Hey Jude John Lennon swears. Yes. And it's once you know it's there, you can always hear it. Yes. So it's one of those sort of things where I love the fact that you, you do get these sort of um, personal touches in music and it's not too clean and you need a bit of fuzz from tape and you need a bit of hiss from vinyl crackle. It, mm. it just makes the experience more tactile and it makes you connect with the music in a way that, you know, AI definitely won't do. I just love the old school way of doing things with tape and analogue. And there's a band called Lena and the Lions recently and they recorded all their last demo on videotape and cassette tape right and I thought that's that's really retro because that's going back to completely hands on and then they released a polo pitch with it as well when they bought the single um, right so you know bands are slowly going backwards because they they like the sound of the old stuff and also you know it's very tactile and I think that's the way we need to go
1: I agree and getting personalities out as well. You are right. I love it when you hear those little glitches that people have left in. I always remember uh, I think it's the uh Sleep tonight in uh, by REM. There's a bit where Michael Stipe starts laughing in one of the in one of the courses, doesn't he? And, and that's the only thing I I actually listen out for that to think is it have they really left that? And yep, they have. I mean, it's just <laughs> great, isn't it? I really do like that. Um and it's about personality, it is. That's what music is. Uh you talking to the personalities, any particular highlights on the show that we can listen out to?
4: Um, well, well, if you find one of the podcasts, I'm a big, uh, massive, like, Young Ones fan, and I spoke to Nigel Plain and Neil at the Young Ones. Fabulous. Um, and that's the only time, as a, I'm only new to interviewing me, I've only been doing it about a year, but that's the only one I did where I really sort of had to be careful that I didn't become a fanboy straight away.
1: <laughs> and, <You're> um,
4: <laughs> and we were saying, you know, you know, he was saying that he, he released White Bicycles as the second single, but they should, in his opinion, they should have released Itch Good Part by The Small Faces. Right. And I was like, you know what? That would have worked better as a single. And um, he's just a lovely person to talk to. And he just sounds like Neil.
1: <laughs> it was yeah, weak- nice. He is him.
4: <laughs> he is him, yeah. And that, I mean, that's another record that has lots of personality. Because he's playing a character in a, in a record, which is really interesting, which you don't often get. Because he's yeah. being Neil in a record. And, um, yeah, it was just wonderful to talk about you know, how it came about. The record was pretty much an accident. His friend said, you should do that. And he did that. and made a whole album. Called Neil's heavy concept album, which is very interesting as well. But he had um, some interesting tracks on it. One of them, like, could have been on David Bowie's Low album. Okay. And you get this. You get this really weird mix of personal taste that goes into these albums, and then the sort of. I actually know I'm being Neil from the young one. Oh
1: yeah. So, so it's, right, it's like the right. Spinal Tap thing, isn't it? As you say, that sort of half parodical and half good musicianship. Yeah.
4: It is, yeah, and you're right, it's all down to personalities again, you know, like he's being nil, who's a wonderful, like, macabre personality, like in the song he says, everyone's having a good time except me which is my favourite line in the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> so you get these
1: sounds sort of, like me on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. So you get this kind of really wonderful mix of sort of personality and just the character coming through as well. But a lot of the people I spoke to, from, even though they sort of sometimes have a bad time in the music industry, they always say it with a big smile on their face. The whole journey of their musical career has been wonderful for them and that's a really wonderful thing to hear.
1: Yeah, uh, it's great. Uh, I love it. Uh, I'm obsessed, Robbie, with music and about the history of music, I just think it then charts basically the fabric of society as well Um, if we want to come and find Chatting Tracks listen to you talking to uh, influential and interesting uh, artists where can we come and find it
4: uh, you can get it at www.chattingtrax.com that's www.chattingtrax.com that's the website if not you just go onto Facebook Instagram X now isn't it um, yep, and I think, Twitter I? and, and uh, if you like, if you, like to, if you prefer to watch it if you go onto YouTube i have actually put the videos and the interviews on there as well so you can actually Great. watch chatting to the ice as well so just on YouTube Chatting tracks, and that's the main places you can find me
1: fabulous and uh, anything lined up for the next couple of episodes? Um, I've got some interesting ones, and I've also got
4: some unsigned artists as well, because I like to champion new music when I can. Yes. Um, Lena and the Lions, as I just mentioned a little bit earlier, they, they're they basically an 80s synth band, so they're very sort of 80s sounding. Uh, if you see an 80s movie, that sort of wash of synthesizers mm. down that road. And the singer sounds a lot like Susanna Hoff from the Bangles, Leader. Right. Oh, Um, really interesting man so they're coming up as well I've got the Simon Williams Fierce Panda interview coming up as well Um, yeah I've got about five or six and I've got Paul Da Vinci coming out on Monday
1: uh, from the Rubettes Fab, fab, fab. So exciting, so interesting. If you're going to have any kind of hobby, it might be something. It might as well be something you really love, Robbie, and you can hear yeah. it in your voice. Uh, do you know what? Thank you so much, my friend. Uh, we'll catch up with you soon. And I oh, don't know, maybe could, maybe I can come on Chatting Tracks at some stage. I don't know if you'd want me or not. Oh, definitely. Go on. Why not? There, there you go. Thank you. you didn't have to say <laughs> that, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Take care of yourselves. Speak to you soon. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Brilliant to talk to Robbie Burgess there Chatting Tracks is the podcast uh, www.chattingtracks.com and of course on YouTube and social media as well from Faversham in Kent Robbie Burgess loves his music and a brilliant podcast it is Chatting Tracks Let's Talk Music